thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, Dr. Damien Christoph, and we are in our second part of our fabulous interview with Don Riddington, Australian 68-year-old accountant who is now the oldest Australian to cross the English Channel. Well, you talk about engagement. What led you? You're still practicing, right? Which is one thing. You're still a practicing accountant. Yeah. Um, what led you to do the whole housing thing? Because, you know, you obviously didn't need to do it, um, but it's obviously a big part of your life. Yeah, look, I, my, I'm, I've never been your pinstripe accountant, if you like, the traditional one. My, my practice... Uh, I do some work from home, although the work I do from home is more... Uh, I, I go out and visit a couple of clients in the, in the bush. Um, I also have a full-time office up in the, on the Atherton Tablelands in, in Queensland and um, trip, trip around to the Northern Territory occasionally. So um, the, the, the practice itself, um, I have a manager who runs the office up in Cairns and, and she does most of that sort of work and I just do the back end of it. So I, I looked at the, the house and to fill in a bit of time. My project at the moment, um, we, for the last two years, we've, my coach Grant Seedley and I have set up what is the longest swim race in Australia. It's 30 kilometres, run down the west coast of the, uh, Port Phillip Bay, finishing at uh, Point Lonsdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had our first international swimmers uh, come out for the race la- uh, earlier this year, Mar- March this year, and the race was actually right won by a Dutchman by the beautiful name of Dan Glory. He <laughs> had the glory of winning our <laughs> first being our first international swimmer <clears throat> and we're, we're trying to build that into a, uh, a, a, a feature event for Victoria. Um, both Grant and I have uh, an interest in autism and raising awareness for autism and the uh, emphasis is on awareness mm-hmm. and uh, to a lesser extent also funds but um, we've got now one in 100 uh, primary students being diagnosed in Victoria with autism or uh, being on the autism spectrum disorder. It's big, isn't it? Mm. It's really big. So, so the, the swim was uh, to promote autism as well and our, our Giants of the Bay swim has a bit of fun in it. We, we, um, we run a 30, an 18 and a 6K event. The 30 kilometre event can be done solo or uh, numbers of teams of two, four or six. Mm-hmm. You can swim naked. And in, huh? this, if, uh, in, this, in this case, we mean without a wetsuit. 
Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. You'd be disappointed about that. You got a bit excited, didn't you, Damon? I saw your excitement just through the computer. I could see it. I'm just checking to see whether you guys were awake. Oh, that's funny. And, uh, or, or, with, or with a wetsuit. We just want to encourage people to get in and have a go. And that's why we've got the teams as well. So you can swim uh, five, five, five minutes, 20 minutes, and then rotate uh, just so long as you keep the same swim order. And... Um, as a, we, we penalise you if you wear a wetsuit, <laughs> but we also reward you if you raise money for every dollar you raise towards autism. Yep. You get a time bonus. Ooh. So you might be wow. one of the slower swimmers like me, and I'll still ac- still actually get up and win the race because you've had these time bonuses for autism. So it's a, a bit of fun as well as being a serious event, which we hope will finish up on the major events calendar for Victoria. Well, Don, let's give it a plug because I've got the details here. It's uh, giantsofthebay.com.au. It's on the March the 1st, uh, 2014, next year. What great, what better goal could there be than just to start with a couple of laps in the pool um, and, and raise some great money as well? What a great effort. Don, I've got a question for you, uh, which I know a lot of people want to know. Your diet um, before the, the, you know, your diet in the lead up. To crossing the channel, what did you have to go through from a, you know, a nutrition perspective to to fuel yourself up? I know you had to put a bit of weight on as well. Do you want to take us through that? Oh, you don't really want to know about the lead up to the channel. You want to know what my regular diet is, I think. I want to know both. <laughs> I want to know both. There's a big difference. I think so too. I don't. Know. The, the lead up thing will be very, very different. Andy. Yeah, it, it, I'm not. I'm not. Lucky this is an audio interview because I'm not cut like a, your traditional. Uh, elite athlete. Um, oh, in, no, there's definitely a bit of Grant Hackett going on. Let's <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the thing with marathon swimming, and particularly in cold water, if you the image that everybody conjures up is the person standing there covered head to toe in whale fat or whatever it is. That doesn't happen anymore. We we have a mixture of uh, lanolin and Vaseline, which we put in the uh, in the moving joints, the armpits and crutch area, mm-hmm. but n- it's not designed to be an insulation against the cold. Uh, they've decided now that you need to wear the insulation, and so instead of uh, <coughs> common fat, we actually carry insurance around our body. <laughs> and the girls love the new expression. I bet. I bet. I reckon everyone would. Absolutely yeah. gives you a bit of an excuse. That's right. It's uh, it's a good idea. And so, in the lead up, probably in the eighteen months prior to the event, um, I put on about. 12 kilos. We, the, the girls actually, uh, within our little group, our swimming group, uh, set up the Eat Club, a little bit like the Fight Club. First rule, can't talk about the Eat Club. <laughs> but once a month we'd have a, a feed at someone's house and uh, one of the girls used to bring a whole bucket of, of chocolate mousse. Wow. That, that same lady, Libby, actually crossed the channel the night before me. Wow. So it uh, works wonders. Um, yeah, but that, that would help with buoyancy too, wouldn't it? Bit of extra, bit of extra blubber. It, it does help a little bit. It does help the buoyancy, but it particularly it's for the insulation of, of the vital organs. So you need the love handles. Um, uh, oh, you're definitely right then, Marcus. Yeah. Our, um, our great coach Grant, who is cut like a racehorse and is a, a, an amazing swimmer, former Victorian Ironman champion. 
in um, he actually went for the channel last year and um, put on about 10 or 12 kilos but looked like he had just had a beer gut so it wasn't actually insulating his organs mm -hmm. and despite being 10 times the swimmer I am was pulled out at 12 and a half hours after with hypothermia yeah um, it's about your distribution of fat isn't it not just mm -hmm. that central pedal obesity or putting that weight on through the mid area you've got to, the vat not that important it's your more your subcutaneous fat yeah, that's right really good point but what what do you normally eat what's your breakfast lunch and tea uh, what do you do don i i tend to think i try to think i eat pretty healthily i you know have either porridge or muesli for breakfast yep I've got a great one for you. I'll give you some of that shortly. Ah, lovely, yes. lovely. Yes. And um, uh, lunch is you know, pretty simple: sandwich, or you know, sometimes a bit of salad or tuna or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then a, and a decent dinner, which is um, uh, you know usually has beef or chicken or something. I've got a great beef, great beef recipe. Have you? <laughs> Very thinly sliced beef, and then I marinate it a little bit with. Um, uh, bicarb of soda and a few other things, oh, so yeah. uh, 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 egg white, and then you just really quickly pan fry it, and then you can serve it up with veggies or, and usually with rice and so on. So oh. that's a, and with the the bicarb of soda and um, and some um, corn flour, mm -hmm. it actually, you, if you start with good beef, it'll actually melt in your mouth. It's amazing. Oh, I'll come around and knock it up for you guys one day. <laughs> we might come out of your joint. That sounds amazing. Now, Don, a lot of people are ageing well, ageing gracefully, who are also exercising. Now, we know that, that, uh, that many of our guests have a sneaky treat. Uh, what's your sneaky treat? What do you have? Is it chocolate cake, biscuits, chocolate, lollies, snakes? Uh, chocolate. Just chocolate. chocolate. But it has to be quality chocolate. <laughs> I don't sit down in the corner and eat a whole block of chocolate. I really like um, good quality chocolate. What are we talking Especially here? Especially with the praline in the middle. Oh really? Uh, or just the praline. You can get the praline <laughs> in slabs, in blocks. <laughs> and in the, in the, in the uh, bulk up for the channel, it was a perfect excuse, you know. <laughs> so I have to oh, you would have loved that phase, hey, Don? Oh, I have to back off a little bit now. That's it. Now, Don, I've got a couple of big, big stuff questions for you because this is where I'm really amazed at, at your efforts. I know that um, from what I can tell by reading some of Grant's reflections that he said that for most of your swim, you were 100%, but there was a time where he thought you were about to crack. Um, and that's when you said, I can't take much more of this. Now, for anyone listening who, who is marveling at your achievement, can you just take us into the mindset of what it took to overcome setbacks um, in the race? I know there's a couple of other setbacks I want to ask you about before the race, but just in terms of what happened during the race, take us through that and, and what you tell yourself um, over that you know 20-hour period. Um, as I said, we had perfect conditions, so the swimming for the first 16 hours was, was really good. Um, the other issues were cold. Uh, it was a little bit cold. We started at 11.30 at night, so the first four or five hours in the dark was a bit chilly. I had this uh, mind game that I played with myself that the uh, marathon runners and triathletes run through the drink station and grab a, a cup of cold water and tip it over themselves to cool down. And 
I used to think how lucky I am that I've got all this beautiful cool water flowing all over me so I don't overheat. You well, know? And, um, and after the sun came up, I had no issue with the cold. Um, surprisingly, I had no pain at all, so I didn't have any painkillers the entire trip. Well done. And But this issue you're talking about was when we were heading towards the coast of uh, France, we're probably three kilometres offshore, you can see the finish line, and the outgoing tide is just washing right over you. Um, under the channel swimming rules, uh, you can have a buddy swimmer in the water for one hour, and then if he's there, you must hop out, and he can come back one hour later for another hour. But Grant used that rule to jump in and try and assist me. We were swimming alongside the boat, but at this point I'd take a breath uh, and a stroke, you'd look up and I'd be 10 or 15 metres from the boat, just washed away, and you'd swim like crazy to get back alongside the captain's window and realise the boat actually hasn't moved. We've used all that energy uh, mm -hmm. just to stay a, a, um, in line with the boat. Gee. Grant, uh, who, as I said previously, is an, an amazing swimmer, was also getting washed away, so it wasn't. It was just a massive tide. I made the comment. I, I didn't realise at the time that he'd been in for his full allocation of one hour. I might say without goggles and with a very thin race cap. So it was a pretty good effort on his part. In still only fourteen, might have been fifteen degrees on the French side. The temperature, water temperature. I, I said to him, I can't take much more of this, coach. He interpreted that to mean in some respects that I was ready to get out. That thought never really crossed my mind. I really meant that I, I want to try the other side of the boat because it might be uh -huh. more protected. I'm with you. When he, he got out, the, the skipper actually launched a kayaker to uh, help and protect me somewhat. And that went, he went on the other side of the boat um, normally, unless uh, there's some extenuating circumstances, you tend to sit on one side of the boat because you have a preferential breathing side and obviously you, you, you stay on that side. So I was on the other side thinking that I would uh, sort of uh, tail in behind the kayaker and the skipper said, stay between the boat and the kayak. And I tried that and thought, this is no better than it was before. I'm still getting the full force of this outgoing tide so I dropped back behind the boat and, and just about um, 20 centimetres to the right outside the boat because one of the channel rules are you thou shalt not touch the boat yeah. or you can be disqualified and I'm thinking that's not much of an option at this stage no. so I wanted to make sure that if the boat stopped and I went uh, continued I didn't touch him so I would uh, the, the, the captain had one of the deckhands hanging out my side of the boat. I'd give him a thumbs up. He would move the boat forward perhaps five metres and I would uh, struggle like crazy to catch him, give him a thumbs up and he'd go again for another five metres. And we did that for two hours. Gee. And it actually took us nearly four hours to close out the last three kilometres of the race. Gee. Wow. 
Wow. Well, Don, I've just got a couple more questions, but um, I want to know, I believe you had an injury or an illness um, in the lead-up to the channel. Can you elaborate on what it was and, and did it threaten the three years of preparation that you'd uh, put in to, to crossing the channel? Yeah, I, it, but prior to Christmas, uh, probably about November, I, I went uh, overseas for some for work and I came back with the old uh, airline flu uh, which developed into bronchitis. So I was actually out of the water for seven weeks and that was pretty frustrating. Um, I, I should say that we do actually uh, require a six hour swim to qualify for the channel in water temperature below 16 degrees. Now Libby O'Farrell, who was my training buddy and the lady who got across the night before I did, she and I had actually <clears throat> done this swim and qualified the October prior to to uh, going but we set another uh, swim in, just after uh, Anzac Day of this year so we, we, we had already qualified but um, oh sorry I'm losing the time slot there aren't I? November, so it was actually before the second swim November I had that bronchitis and Grant was uh, very good saying don't panic we, we've, we've, done the, we've done a lot of the work you've already got your qualifying swim under your belt just relax I did some bit of land based work to keep in uh, reasonable shape and then I got back in the water and then in, um, on Australia Day I was in Sydney had a just uh, stumbled a little bit through my right arm up in the air for balance didn't uh, go down but my right arm suffered and uh, I had a little bit like um, like a frozen shoulder sort of rotator cuff yeah in the rotator cuff area Mm. and uh, that was really sore for quite a while and I did actually have a cortisone injection about three months before the race uh, the, the swim and that's tended to settle down a bit, but it was always pretty sore after any swim. Um, and then as I tapered, uh, just prior to going over to uh, England, again I had a little bit of a cold and um, stayed out of the water. And every time, every day you're out of the water is sort of very frustrating. You think, oh, I'll lose my condition or I'll lose the... Um, cold acclimatisation that I've done, you know, we swim around here in Brighton in all conditions, all temperatures down to 10 degrees or there, sometimes a little below, and we're leading into winter, remember, as we go into May and June before the swim, so I'm thinking if I stay out of the water too long, I won't be able to handle the cold when I get there and so on, and Grant was brilliant in saying, just relax, you've done the work, um, it, it, your body will remember the exercise you've done. We need to get you to the starting line fit. That's the priority now is to make sure you're fit when we get to the starting line. That's it. And, and then that, that was how it was, and uh, that proved to be exactly correct. And just one last curveball that you had, well, not really a curveball, but something that can maybe uh, shake you around a bit is that um, one young lady, a 34-year-old Englishwoman, Susan Taylor, died uh, two Ks from the finish in the preceding 24 hours before you swam the channel. Did that shake you around a bit? Look, we, we, we were aware of that. It's exactly the point 
that I've mentioned before where we hit the outgoing tide. Um, I, at the time, didn't know the circumstances surrounding it. It turns out subsequently that it does appear to have been a heart attack. That wasn't actually announced, but her brother was on, the, on her boat as part of her team, and he's a paramedic and had called for a defibrillator. So the deduction is that it was a heart attack. And my um, attitude is that that sort of thing can happen at any time. Having said that, we, we are, it is an extreme sport when you get to that level. Mm. Uh, we are putting our bodies under extreme pressure. Um, uh, I had... Um, the, the, the channel requirements are to subject to a medical and I in fact was under the um, uh, care of Dr Michael McDesey who is a medic to the Australian Open Water Olympic team and also now to Hawthorne Footy Club and two years before the swim I actually subjected to uh, probably a much more intensive medical than is required under the channel rules. I took the uh, stress test ECG and uh, volume of uh, lung capacity and all, the, all that sort of thing to make sure there was no inherent um, problem before I actually stepped up the training. I did after the, uh, the swim and, uh, and having been asked that question about Susan, uh, check with the secretary of our uh, Channel Swimming Association, the uh, Channel Swimming and Pilot Federation. Um, a guy, by the way, who's the king of the channel, he's actually crossed it 34 times, would you believe? Far out. Wow. That's and incredible. Kevin Murphy, and he told me that in, um, whilst, you know, one death is one too many, and, you know, our hearts goes out to Susan's family and so on, there has been, to our knowledge, only eight deaths in 138 years since the first man swam the English Channel. Wow. So for an extreme sport, it's a, it's a very low ratio. And uh, as I say, we don't want any, but uh, the, 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 the uh, health checks are in place. The pilots of the boats are absolutely fantastic. Um, there is no way I would have got there without the skill of the pilot I had, I, I said in a, in a note to him, just to keep his boat in the same ocean as I was at that time was brilliant. He keeps it so the boat actually doesn't move in a, in a five knot current running against him. And he, as I said, we took four hours inch by inch to close it out. So the skill of those guys and the, the safety mechanisms that are in place do certainly minimise the risk. Um, I mean, certainly my family and close friends are all concerned when you say you're going to do a, an exercise like this. But um, you, 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 you take the you, it's a calculated risk, I guess. And it's as we said before, you can't just step out of bed and then jump in and swim the English Channel. You do need to put everything in place uh, logically, and um, and then it comes together. 
Well, it's a calculator risk that paid massive dividends, Don, and we congratulate you on behalf of 100 Not Out and the Wellness Couch and all of our listeners. We congratulate you on entering the record books and doing it with grace and style and um, a sensational job to you, Damo. We've run out of time on 100 Not Out, but um, remember, folks, we would love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways, uh, but the best way is to go to our website at www.thewellnesscouch.com slash 100 Not Out. Also, remember, if you've liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast on itunes and also check out the wellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available including the number one show the wellness guys but until next week continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Dr. Brett Hill from The Wellness Guys here. Imagine having six internationally renowned health and well-being specialists all to yourself for three whole days. Imagine a beautiful tropical location away from the rat race where you can fully immerse yourself in creating a new you. Imagine personalized one-on-one attention to help you break through to the next level. Join the three Up For A Chat girls, Kim Morrison, Cindy Amira and Karen Smith and the three wellness guys, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and myself for the BFO Wellness Retreat at the luxurious Western Resort and Spa in Fiji and make your health a priority. For more information, go to thewellnesscouch.com and click on shop. We can't wait to see you there. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.